Hello and welcome to the Wildcard Rewind. This week we're doing something a little different. Uh, we're not rewinding this week, we're actually fast-forwarding and to the 2024 draft class. But first, let's play the video. I just want to rewind to when we were young Back to all those good times Take me back to the start <laughs> Oh, yes, it is Monday. We are back. I'm amazed. Uh, I'm joined by my amazing co-hosts and an amazing guest. Um, I will introduce you to them in a minute. But first, I just want to um, remind you all that on Saturday, the 20th of May, the guys over the Wildcard Dynasty are doing their third streamathon, uh, which is 16 hours of Dynasty content. And they're doing this all for Mind Charity. It's an amazing charity. Um, I believe it's being kicked off by... Uh, Two of the people on this on this video, uh, Mags and Hannah, representing, you know. But um, yeah, guys, uh, please donate to that and please check it all out. It'll be amazing. Um, so let's get to it. Let's introduce our, introduce our two co-hosts. Uh, first of all, we've got Hannah. Hannah, how are you doing on this fine Monday evening? Well, I'm doing fabulous, Paul. Great to be chatting to you guys again this week. And I'm really excited to see what's coming up potentially in the 2024 draft class and who we can get excited about, who we're going to talk about for a year and obviously eventually see where they end up next season. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait. It's going to be wicked. And uh, we're bringing the other co-host, uh, Mags. How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, very excited to look forward to this this 24 class and see who the Chiefs are going to pick at 32. <laughs> what a shame you're not gonna have that um, yeah so let, let's introduce our guest um we're, we're looking forward so we thought of uh bringing in uh, a devi guy and we thought of nobody better than uh jord or at jord m87 um he's one of the best devi minds in the game and part of um well you started your own thing now at the devi workshop which kicks off soon jord how are you doing mate i'm good thank you uh thank you all for bringing me on. Uh, I'll slip you that £20 later, Paul, for all them nice words. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, but, uh, appreciate you having me on. No, I, could, I couldn't think of anyone better, mate, when we when we had a chat and we were like, oh, let's yeah. let's uh, do a show where we look forward to 2024 picks. I thought thought of you straight away, mate. I thought of you. I thought uh, you're, the, you're the man to bring in. But um, <laughs> George, let's uh, let's kick it off with um, the first the first guy you want to talk about. Who do you want to talk about? Um, I'm, I guess I'm going to start with quarterback. So um, I think there's only one place to start, and it's um, Caleb Williams. Um, when people say definition of a PlayStation controller, quick mm -hmm. QB, this Caleb Williams, you know, I'm not a person for comparisons, but the amount of time that commentators have said he's just Patrick Mahomes in college, it's it's getting a bit mm -hmm. boring now. But yeah, he can make every throw in the NF, you know, NFL, you know, what you know, level of arm talent wise, you know, the NFL one, he can do it all. Last season, behind an average old line, he was he was absolutely unbelievable with you know the plays that he makes, and it's it's just silly to to think how good he is already, you know. Like, and there's still so much to clean up as well. He just seems to get away with it because of how good he, his arm talent is. You know, his footwork can be a bit off sometimes, but his arm's that strong. He can be off balance, throwing off his um, like back foot and still hit the target from like 50, 60 yards. He's unbelievable and like I say it's, it's still scratching the surface on what it can be you know and yeah 
for me, there's no one better to watch in, in college at the moment. He's such a fun guy. Yeah, so I've 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 heard. I don't really watch college myself. Uh, I, I will be honest, but I've I've heard there's there's names that we do here um, in the fantasy community. Caleb Williams is is one of them names that I've heard a lot, a lot. And I, you know, I was just having a little look through at his stats, and and his 2022 stats was uh, he threw the ball 500 times for 333 completions, 4,537 yards and 42 touchdowns. And I was just like, oh, my God. This <laughs> this guy this guy is destined to be uh, the number one pick overall. Um, and I know in this draft, a lot, of, a lot of people spoke about teams that are going to tank for Caleb Williams and, and how much of a generational talent he is. So... I'm, I'm going to ask you a question now, okay? And I know you don't want to answer it because you're a Seahawks fan, but who's the dream landing spot for Caleb Williams? I'd probably say um, LA Rams, to be honest with you, yeah. It's, it's now. <laughs> no, probably, yeah, I think we all know it might potentially be the cards for you, Paul. You know, who knows what's going to happen with Callum Murray, but that's, that's another story. But yeah. All the talk is it could be Arizona Cardinals. He'd be a, a great fit there. Um, yes, yeah, I wouldn't want him in. I wouldn't want to face him twice a year, to be honest with you. He's, uh, you mentioned all them stats. And like I said, his O-line was very poor. And he still managed to pull, pull out all these stats, you know. So, yeah, it would be a nice fit for him, Cards. But I hope it's, it's someone else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's He's got to be good behind an, a bad O-line because he's he's going to go so early in the draft, he's going to go to a team that <laughs> have not got a great O-line. They're, unless somebody's going to give up the house to go and get him. Like, a bit like San Francisco did for Trey Lance you know, a couple of years ago. They gave up everything to move up to an early pick and take a QB like that. He's not, he's not going to get a good O-line. He's not going to do anything. Um, another stat that stood out for me was he over two years he has 814 rushing yards and 16 rushing touchdowns now do we do we put him in the same bracket as a konami code qb is he is he much of a rusher or do you think he's more of a he'll he'll rush at the you know last last decision is is going to be when he rushes yeah i think that's what it's like to say he has got the talent to like rush and make plays with his legs and obviously there's design plays where he's done that but a lot of the time it's when he feel he's, you know he feels comfortable you know he's um when the pocket collapses he doesn't panic he, if he, if there's a throw on he'll go to that throw first he'll go for his reads and he will always look to throw first but when when he gets compared to Mahomes it's when you see him you, you go look at some of his plays he's running around the backfield and he gets out of something that's impossible to get out really it's, it's and that's where he gets like the Mahomes comparison for and his obviously his um, sidearm throws help and stuff but yeah it's not a. He doesn't need to rush, but he has got that in his arsenal, which is always going to be a great um, upside for, especially a rookie guy coming into the NFL. Yeah. So as soon as we're talking about one of the, one of the best players, yeah, I will I will ask you guys, um, Hannah, do you, have you got anything that that you want to add on Caleb Williams? Okay. Uh, I think we've lost Hannah. Max, do you want to do you want to add anything on on Caleb Williams? Yeah, Caleb Williams, I think, is like I think you said it, Paul, like he's he's destined to go um at at one one. And yeah, unless something really, really drastic happens, that's that's where he's gonna end up. My my interesting 
like thought is with somebody like the Cardinals. Like how how good a quarterback do you need to have before you trade away that pick? You know what I mean? Like the Cardinals have got Kyler Murray and everyone's basically saying no, the Cardinals will trade Kyler Murray and they'll just take Kayla Williams. So it's like, well, well, Kayla Williams coming in, like what what kind of territory is he coming in right away in the NFL in terms of the best quarterbacks in the NFL? Because Kyler Murray's he's up there. And if people are pretty much saying that the Cardinals will choose Williams, I mean, like, how good is this guy? Is he, like, up there with, you know, your, your Trevor Lawrence's in that kind of category, George? What do you think? He, he's on his way to being there. It's it's, it's, it's it's a great point you're making. Like, obviously, Caleb Williams is, is good, but we've seen flashes of Kyler Murray, you know, when he's on the field. Yeah. He's, he's brilliant as well. You know, like, it's it comes down to the team. It's like, well, we've got Kyler Murray here. Do we have to spend that much capital on Caleb Williams and move Cal Murray on where we've got a rookie contract for so many years? That's where it all comes down to this stuff, you know, and then is the best option to do that and then carry on picking players. You know, you're going to give up some capital when I know they've started the rebuild process already. Maybe it's best to keep him, but he is, to be fair, he could play for anyone, you know, like Caleb Williams. So it, it doesn't, you know, Cardinals might, it's, like we said, it's a good fit earlier, but he, he could walk into any team and, and be that guy, you know. Obviously, we, we said off off screen. Spencer Rattler was a guy that burnt me, and we all going into his first his last year thinking he was going to go to the draft. How much that didn't pan out, so it can happen. But I'd be very surprised if it did with Caleb Williams. Yeah, um, Hannah, we, we lost you a minute ago. I was um, I was going to say, is there anything that you wanted to add on Caleb Williams um, before we moved on? Yeah, to be honest, I, I was just going to ask Jordan a question, but I think you may well have been discussing it already. But my biggest concern always, you know, these one QBs that go number one is usually the quality of team they're going to is particularly poor. So their mm. surrounding kind of, um, you know, team usually is not very helpful. So it can, in some cases, hinder a QB's development. And we don't always see the best of, of what we expect on them so I guess my question is kind of what are his surroundings at the moment we know that the O-line's not ideal we've already discussed that but you know has he got decent wide receiving core like do you think he could cope with going to a poor quality offense and still play the style of football he has been playing or do you think that will he will struggle a bit you know to start with on with poorer quality weapons around him kind of thing it's it's tough to say. It's like I say, obviously the O line was poor, so he managed to still suffice for there. But obviously he had some other wide receivers and Jordan Addison there last year, which uh, was a massive help. He has got a guy that's transferred over, who from Arizona, who had a really good season last year, Dorian Singer. Um, so he could step in for Addison. You know, he's really capable of doing that, like the, the, what he did last year with Arizona and the quarterback there. So it's going to be interesting. Obviously, it's another question for him to answer. But so far. He's done that, like I say, it's when he's needed to step up for his team when because the defence were awful as well. So they were, they were giving up 30, 35 points constantly, USC at times. And he put the team on his back and still managed to win so, so many games and getting over like 40 points, you know. So he has done it so far to show that he's, whatever's put in front of him, he's been able to do it. But this is the thing with uh, when it comes to NFL, it's a different type of test in it. And you were just, we spoke right off, off um, screen before that you just sometimes can never, you can never guess really until it, until it happens. Yeah. Yeah. What we were mentioning was um, how many number one overall picks have not turned out to be what they were tipped to be and stuff like that. But from what I can gather, it sounds Caleb Williams is in a, in a different league to some of the people that we have got 
gone number one overall, you know. Um, and I, I do think it's going to be interesting to see what Arizona do. Um, I think that's going to be one of the biggest questions of the next 12 months, whether Arizona decide to move on from Kyler or, you know, trade away the pick, keep Kyler. I, you know, it's 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 going to be one of them that I'm sure a lot of people are going to, are going to ask Arizona fans what they what they'd like to do, and I don't think I could ever make that decision. To be honest, from what you're saying about Caleb Williams, we've we've got the next Patrick Mahomes coming, you know. But I know what's going to happen. We'll talk about this the whole season, and then the last game, you'll win, and you won't have uh-huh. one pick anymore, and it will have been a waste of our lives talking about it. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, just just do do what well, the do what the Texans did and go win their last game and, and end up having the number two pick or something. Well, I was I was about to say you, you don't even need like there's a there's just as good a chance that the Texans will end up with the first pick and you've got that pick anyway. You know what I mean? We could, we, <laughs> we, well, there's so I, much I, to I, do. <laughs> I just the Texans have motivation now to not. Yeah. Like they have motivation to try not be, you know, last basically. So I think they're going to try their True. best not to be that. I don't know whether the team will be strong enough, but you know they've definitely got motivation there to give you the the worst first round pick that they possibly can. Yeah, I I also seen on um, some cardinal chat groups and stuff like that that they're all hoping that they trade Kyler to the Falcons, which I was like, oh, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like mm. Kyler Murray at the Falcons. I think that would be, you know, great for fantasy, but not not a great move. But hey ho. Um, but yeah, George, let's 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 move on. Enough about Caleb Williams and <laughs> and and our, our wet dream of uh, him come to the Cardinals. <laughs> and uh, on to uh, your next pick, mate. Who's your next guy that you want to talk about? Well, it's a it's a guy that's actually a lot of people have got quite close to Caleb Williams. It's um, after his first season of start. It's Drake May at North Carolina. Like I said, he took over from Sam Howell first year starter last year, and he, he was he was really really good. You know, um, he's more prototypical size than um, Caleb Williams. I think he's six four. Can't remember what weight he is now. Two hundred twenty five. I guess something like two fifty. I can't remember off my head. But yeah, it's more prototypical size um, than obviously Caleb Williams, which we we, we did mention. Um, his arm strength on par, you know, he can make every throw, you know, like um, across the field, you know, deep passes, you know, out, out the hashes, you know, he's, he's brilliant that way. He's got the dual threat ability as well, you know, he, he's played in design runs, you know, and um, doesn't, he probably um, panics a bit more in the pocket than um, Caleb Williams, he needs to get better at that, but as a first year starter, you know, he's, he's going to learn, learn, hopefully, and, but it's going to be a big second season, a bit similar, we mentioned again, <laughs> before he came on, Sam Howell, he lost a lot of his, um, receivers and running backs in his last year before and it kind of affected him he's going to have to do the same Drake May obviously Josh Downs and a guy called Antoine Green um, who was um, it was left I think they got like two thirds maybe more of the yards um, you know from the wide receivers so yeah it's, it's another it's a it's a big year for Drake May obviously coming off that and see where, where he's at but a lot of people have gotten quite close to Caleb Williams at the moment so it's going to be these two find it out I think um, for, for next year's draft yeah, Hannah, Hannah, what do you think of uh, Drake May? Yeah, I did watch a little bit of his film, not a great deal, if I'm honest, and I I am similar to Paul. I'm, I'm not a massive college person. I, I enjoyed watching him. I thought he was good, but when I saw him, I personally thought he was like a step down from Caleb Williams. Now, that might have been just the, the games that I saw, um, but I, I don't know. I think he was just... 
I can't put my finger on it, but I just didn't quite feel that he had the command of the game quite as much. Now, that might be just because this is his first full year starting. You know, he, he has not a lot of experience, so maybe that potentially is it. I thought he's another interesting one. You know, he did similar to Caleb Williams in that he had did quite a lot of rushing um, last season. So he rushed for like 698 yards and seven touchdowns. So I did, this is another question for you, Jordan, actually. <clears throat> Are you founding now in the college game that we're getting more of these, like, um, you know, rushing or kind of what, as Paul puts it, the Kunami code QBs that will do both rushing and you know, pocket passing, or are these just two slightly different QBs that we're seeing coming through? It just, you know, obviously historically it's all been pocket passers and we seem to be getting more and more of these kind of dual threat QBs coming through. And is this a trend that we're seeing now in college or is it just that, as I say, these two happen to be coming out at the same time? No, there's quite a lot of them in college. There's obviously a lot that obviously are not at the talent as... Um... As Caleb Williams and Drake May, you know, maybe that's um, to, do with, to do with passing or whichever. But yeah, the, you do see it a lot in college because it opens up the playbook a lot more. You know, Drake May was used on a lot of designed runs, which um, you don't you don't see much of in the NFL. You know, like I don't know if that's going to transfer over to the NFL. You know, you get you get a few, but it's you get quite a lot of plays each game designed runs with quarterbacks here. You know, where it's just tuck and run. You know, like and um, so yeah, you, you do see it a lot in college, but I think that's how the game's played more there in the NFL. It could transfer where we could start getting a lot more, but I still think it's going to be as it is now where you'll get a few, but there's a few. just depends on your, um, your play calling as well. You know, a lot of college guys are coming over where they use that as well, but there's still some stubborn guys there that prefer the old pass before run as well. And I... Oh, go on, Paul. You. I, I, you I, was, I was going to jump in with a question. So I... Um, we're, we're talking about we're talking about um, rushing QBs and stuff like that, and, I, and I've just had a little look at um, Anthony Richardson, who was the pick four in this draft and tipped to be the next great thing. And what what I'm looking at is Drake May's stats from last year are actually better than his passing and better than his rushing. So the fantasy community have gone absolutely mad for Anthony Richardson. And we had Murph on who absolutely ripped him a new one and basically said the only reason he looks good is because he did well in a gym test, you know. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting this to you now. Do we think Drake May is the type of person that if he gets the right landing spot that people are going to look at in the same way as they are with Anthony Richardson? Or do you think he's, he's better? Um, as it stands now, Drake May has done more in college, and that's like I don't mean that as a knock to Richardson. You know, you only can do what you do in college in Florida. You've got to remember, obviously, Andy Richardson's playing in the SEC. There's um, Drake May's playing in the SEC. You know, it's, it's a difference in levels. Obviously, there's Clemson in there, but there is there is higher level talent in there. And um, but as it stands now, Drake May has done more, and you've just got to look at the um, watch the film and 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 see yourself. You know that he's done more. And he's but doesn't mean Andy Richardson's a worse player. He's just it comes down to everything. It comes down to who you've got there as well. And I thought Andy Richardson did pretty well, you know, and he's got the talent to to go and do something in the NFL. But again, it's not. A cop, I don't mean this is a cop out. You just don't know until you get there. Anyone can say, "Oh, this guy's not going to be good. This guy is going to be good." 
you know, like I said off air, you know, I was a massive Sam Darnold guy and I still think you can see that he has got something about him. But it comes down to everything in the NFL. It comes down to confidence, you know, mental, you know, everything can play a part in it. And um, if you're not there mentally, Anthony Richards looks mentally, he looks like he's there for it. But we just don't know. You know, that's the fun thing when it comes to this kind of thing. And especially playing fantasy, it's uh, you can look a genius guy and sometimes and sometimes you can't and you move on to the next year and, and you try again. But to answer your question, yeah, I'd say Drake, Drake May on, is probably looking the better on paper. He's got actually better stats than Caleb Williams if you look at it, but stats are different in college compared to moving on to the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Go on, Hannah, go on. No, I was just going to ask another question. Um, <laughs> Jordan, I'm just interested to know, you know, comparing Caleb Williams and Drake May, how do you have them kind of stacked up against each other? Do you have it, you know, that they're close together? Do you have Caleb Williams like in a tier on his own? Like how do you see the two based on how they've played so far? Obviously, we've still got another year of college to go and things can change massively, injuries, you know how they play, all things like that can, you know, drop them and or raise them up the board or whatever. But as we stand now, how do you see the two? You know, how do you kind of judge them against each other, I suppose? Yeah, I'm I'm not in the um in the circles of Drake Mays close to Caleb Williams. And that's not because I'm a Pac-12 fan either, you know, because I'm a Washington fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Caleb Williams is ahead of Drake May. You know, like you said, there's no year left you've got to put into context that Drake May has, um, this is his first full year, you know, he, he can probably improve on that. But I just feel there's, when it comes to the NFL, you need, like Drake May has got the talent and he's got um you know the things that he can do. You know, you know the you know his, his arm talent is really good, but he's still when it comes to decision making in the pocket, he's quite far behind Caleb Williams in my opinion. You know, Caleb Williams like obviously when someone scrambles, you think it can be, come across as panicky, but the way Caleb Williams does it, it's really smooth and he, it's like he he knows what he's doing. He's always got a plan, and I think that's for me personally why I think Caleb Williams is ahead of Drake May just mentally and stuff with it. And like I said, no knock on Drake May. I just think that Caleb Williams is just his intelligence is like second to none compared to others. And Drake May still could be a good quarterback. But yeah, I'd, I'd say Caleb Williams is quite a bit of a distance in my opinion in front of Drake May. You're on mute, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> don't know how that happened uh mags anything to add before uh we move on with drake may yeah not not too much really i think i'm in the same camp as george um i see a bit of a, a like a tear gap between kind of almost like what people were saying whenever you had like trevor lawrence and, and justin fields coming out like there was that obvious kind of like gap between the two despite both obviously being very very good I think by the end of it all everyone will be fairly unanimous that it's going to be Keila williams going before drake may yeah. Um, so, George, I'm going to push you now for your dream landing spot for Drake May. I knew you'd do this. I hate I hate choosing dream landing spots because it just never... I'm going to put you on the spot, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll t- tell you what would be nice for... The Indianapolis Colts, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what would be nice, probably not for him, but it would be a, a good landing spot. It's probably um, the Raiders <laughs> for Drake May. Like I say, I don't know what, like, play calling-wise... Um, I don't know if he, he'll be there. The um, the ex uh, Pat's the ex Pat's guy. Um, I forgot his name now. Um, 
But yeah, I think um, it might be a struggle early on, but I think he'd fit the system there. But there were loads of people in the in the comments after saying I'm totally wrong. So that's why I hate doing them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, then, mate, let's move on to our next guy. Uh, who's your uh, third and final QB? Yeah, I just throw him in and briefly and touch him because I think he's going to be a guy that probably shoots up, um, you know, uh, rankings in in just the draft and fantasy as well because he's another guy with um, a dual threat ability, strong arm. It's uh, Jordan Travis from Florida State. Yeah, he, he had a really good year last year. Um, really cleaned up loads of areas, you know, last year compared to the year before. You know, less tuck and run. It were like he's um, just more calculated in what he does and. I can see him um, really pushing maybe Drake May, to be honest with you. You know, if, if he continues to improve like he did last year. Um, I think, um, in my opinion, I'll alliterate this is my opinion, so please don't shoot me down. He's probably the best <laughs> natural rusher in, in, in college from quarterback. You know, the way he rushes, it's, again, I, I hate comparisons, but it's very Lamar-like, you know, as in, like, everything's done with a purpose and stuff, you know. I'm not saying he's Lamar, by the way. Again, please don't shoot me down. I'm not saying he's Lamar, <laughs> but, uh, but it's just how he rushes. He's just, he's, he's like a running back. It's like he, he can make people miss for fun, you know. He's, um, so, yeah, he's, he's a guy just to, to watch out for. I think he will um, shoot up draft boards in, like I say, in fantasy and um, in the actual draft. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Mags, what's your what's your thought on the next Lamar Jackson, then, mate? <laughs> well, first of all, we have to give credit to George for not being a complete homer and putting in Michael Penix here, which I know he probably he probably wanted to do. So we'll we'll, we'll chat about Jordan Travis, who's great fun to watch. You know, you said Lamar Jackson. Whenever I was watching this guy, I thought, oh, he's a bit he's a bit like Deshaun Watson esque in the way that like he will sit in the pocket like this year, especially, and he has this like cannon he's got this big arm that he's quite happy to like bomb the ball downfield so i was like oh it's a little bit like deshaun watsony as well like it was quite nice to see and yeah like you said something he has worked on a lot like this kind of more patience sitting in the pocket which is always good he's going to want to develop that you know as he goes forward he's kind of cleaned up some interception issues one thing i did see and i don't know if you spotted this as well jordan he kind of throws the ball a bit weird like his right leg kind of pops out a little bit and like up to the right and off. It, it, he doesn't look like the most natural thrower in the world, but you know he's he's obviously still developing that and he is like an absolute cannon with the with the ball in his hands running. Um, one thing though is by the time he's drafted, he will be twenty four, which is always a little bit of a not a red flag, but like a little yellow flag against him, I suppose. So. Yeah, that's that's maybe some things you, people might want to keep a look at. Those throw mechanics and the fact that he is a little bit, a little bit older than than some of these other guys. And you know what? For for more pressure on you, I've actually picked an ideal landing spot for me, and we'll see if we match up, George. Yeah, I just <laughs> said I don't like landing spots. <laughs> <laughs> um, thinking of, we're going to do it to you anyway, mate. So we're going to. Yeah, no. <laughs> um... Or should we take the heat off you and let Mags just? Predictive yeah, landers, so. but yeah, I, I yeah, think yeah. So. Go on, Max. Who, 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 who I, said, you think? I said the New York Giants. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have gone there, but that's not because I'm saying I'm right. <laughs> I, probably, I probably just that's probably you probably have got more idea than me, to be fair. So yeah, I, I, I hate doing landing you. spots. I hate doing landing spots, but I wouldn't have gone to the Giants. No. No, I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't have guessed that one. Should I put it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay then, uh, Hannah. Anything to add on? And uh, Davis, before we move on, no, I'm happy to move along. Happy days. Um, go on, then, George. Uh, let's let's move on to our next position and our next player. Then, so we're on to running backs, and um, 
got to shove um, Travion Henderson in there. His, his um, hype's died a bit um, from last year because I think he missed four or five games um, through injury. And even when he was playing, he looked like he was still carrying that injury. So, yeah, like I said, the hype's died down a bit. But he is a, a dynamic runner. You know, you, you can utilise him as a pass catcher as well. You know, in his freshman season, you saw that. Um, he's gone into his junior year and now, you know, his third year. Very good running back, speed, footwork, can make people miss in the open fields. You know, once he gets that gap, he's away. Um, obviously, he's not, he's not, he needs to work on his pass protection. And I just can't see him being that guy as well in, in pass protection. So obviously, that limit is, it limits him a bit. But yeah, it's, it's a big year for him, obviously, missing, you know, um, a few games last year and, um, you know, just. <laughs> got to get another guy there and stuff that we're not going to touch on you know um you know you know um so it's going to be tough for him to like get as much carries as he did in his freshman year so it is a big year for him so it'll be interesting to see where he go we will talk to him going in the first round but it's going to be tough for him unless he does something extraordinary this year yeah yeah so i i i like Trayvon and I, I was looking at his stats from 2021 obviously you, you try and ignore what he did in 2022 because he only played eight games um but you know he he's averaging 6.8 yards per carry he's you know he was 1248 yards on the season and then like you said he's because he can do both he also walked away with um 312 yards in the receiving game as well and as you know the the NFL is is all about that that double double threat is that how you'd say it at running back where they like a running back who who can run the ball but also is very open to receiving it because we, we see this a lot now where the QBs like a dump off to the running back and and away they go so um what, one thing that I do like about him is is he kind of fits that that mold of that running back you know he, he's 510 so he's, he's he's quite big but he's 210 pounds so he's he's a solid you know, I, I know a lot of a lot of people were talking about this year. There's a lot of running backs that come in that are uh, under 200 pounds and stuff like that. You know, and so I, I think he's quite a big-bodied running back, and he's he's going to be interesting to see how how he can do that in the NFL. You know, but like you said, he's he's got a, he's got a tough year after after missing games. I don't, you know, I don't know what the injury was, but after missing games to injuries, he's he's got to step up now to get get back solidified as, as as one of the top running backs in this class, like, you know? Yeah, there's, uh, the other guy that's on time, I forgot his name for a second, is Mayon Williams, who's, like, really took up um, the mantle when he was injured. So, obviously, he's got to compete with him as well, which is uh, never never ideal. You know, you can still, obviously, you can still show, but the more carries you can get in college, the, the better it looks for you. But, yeah, he's, he, like I say, he's a good runner. You know, he's, he's good in open space. Like I say, he can, like, make people miss. and But... And that can, when we're talking about fantasy, I suppose, like going over to fantasy, that's a, a guy that like is good, but you want someone who's potentially going to be a free down back. You know, this guy, I, I can't see it myself. You know, there's a lot of work needs to be done in pass protection, you know, compared to the other guys we're going to talk about. You know, you're, ne you're never perfect in pass protection when you come out of college. It's very rare, but this guy's a long way off, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, also, and also, I think, the NFL is kind of going away from this three down sort of running back now. I, th I think you you don't you don't see that so often now. I think I think having that split back and he, and he may be a really good complement for somebody. You know what I mean? If if he could maybe you know maybe you'll be the one B to somebody's one A sort of thing. 
Um, you know, I, 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 I think that would work quite well for him. Like you said, he's not that three down running back, you know, but if he could go somewhere and be that one B, I'll, I'll take the landing spot away from you. But if, you know, if, if he can, if he could go somewhere and play alongside, I don't know, the likes of Travis Etienne at uh, the Jags, like, you know, I'd be the one B there. I think, I think they'd work quite well together, you know? What do you reckon? I'd probably say Pete Cowell will probably draft another running back in your answer <laughs> next year and uh, we'll have loads of them again. So, yeah. Um, yeah, somewhere, like you say, you, you're right. You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of teams that are going, you know, um, running back by committee now, you know, and it, and it seems to be working a lot. So he, he's a guy that could, um, who's got the speed and stuff that could go with someone with a, a big guy, you know, and uh, yeah, you know, I like Tank Bigsby at, um, Thingy, so I'm not going to comment on the the Jacks. The Jacks. I'm a big tank, <laughs> tank. <the> guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then again, I suppose you'd be really annoyed if Pete Carroll did to Kenneth Walker, <laughs> and then Zach Charbonnet, and and then Travion Henderson, and back to back to back drafts. Like you know, I, I, to be honest, mate, I think you just leave the. Um, what was it? The wild card um, Twitter space that we were on. I think I think you just leave it at that point and just go. I'm done with this. But um, any of you Kenny guys Mac- got? You took Kenny McIntosh as well, didn't you? Kenny getting yeah, yeah. there. <laughs> Anything you guys want to add on Henderson before we move on to the next player? I think he's completely average running back. No, I, nothing wrong with that. He's not bad. You're not bad. See him at the, I think see him at the Chiefs then, Mags. Yeah. Probably Andy Reid will turn him into a goal. <laughs> a p- a like, pick thirty-two, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I, he's not a bad boy. I'm just like, yeah, all right. It doesn't, yeah, yeah jump off fair. the screen. Um, okay, then that'll take us on to our next running back. Who have we got, George? This is a guy that like. I hope Mags doesn't disagree with. This is a guy who does jump off the screen. He's like probably my favorite running back in the class, and by quite a distance at the moment. So Raheem Sanders from Arkansas I was just. He's just big. He's powerful. He's um, loves contact. Maybe a bit too much to be honest with you. Probably needs <laughs> to lay that, let, take that away from in NFL. You know, like I said, we all love contact, but it, sometimes it's better just to run past people. Sometimes, but his vision is is unbelievable. You know, for a guy in college, you know, and mix that with the power and the burst, he goes on big runs. And it looks like a guy who shouldn't really yet pull off the big runs, but he does seem to look. Even though he's running moving slow he's actually running fast it's when it's weird mm. you know he's um he's, he's a big guy and he's a guy who has got three down back potential he's 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 a little bit, bit work on it as a blocker but he has got that especially when you've got that size as well it's always going to help you know it's like a, a movable object but yeah i really love raheem sanders so i'm i won't have anyone say a bad word about him in here <laughs> 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 nah, he's, he's really good and he's like obviously at arkansas which isn't known for for, for for running backs but he's stayed there for another year and they started off with um, running backs by committee and he's just taken the job and it's his now and I expect to see more of him this year. Hannah, do you want to do you want to add anything on uh, Sanders? Well, Jordan was so effervescent about him <laughs> that he took all of my points. Um, the only question that Marga had was his lateral ability, you know, to kind of move out of the way and move on. I think he's a very like north-south yeah. kind of guy. Um, and I think... I think he's he's going to be great in you know the screen game and you know I think he can catch passes, but he needs to be a, a blocker to stay in all three you know 
to stay all three down. So you'll need to, to develop that really to be able to, um, you know, stay on the field for all three downs. But I'm excited to see what he does. You know, he does look really good fun. I won't say too much more because Jordan might get upset at me. <laughs> I'll let him do most of the talking. Um, you know, actually looking at it now, I'm going to, I'm, I'll let you say your dream landing spot first, George, and I, I might actually steal steal a landing spot from Mags here, but go on. I do, um, obviously, I'd love them at the Seahawks, but I think we've got enough and we've, we've, we've covered <laughs> that. But I think um, it, it'd be nice fit at, at the Rams. You know, I think they, um, obviously, I do, I, I do like Cam Akers, but we don't know. Like, he might, yeah, he came a bit better at the end of last year, but you just don't know with him. And, yeah, he's, and you, you mentioned he definitely needs to, working as a blocker but I think sometimes it can take one or two years you know in the NFL you know but he has got the, um, the potential to be that you know he's big definitely a north south runner but I don't think that's a bad thing how he does it as well because as long as you get the, the job done I'd like it's fine you know we're always looking for like thing people to do more but if you do the, the that one thing right that's going off topic a bit that's why I feel like um Pete Cowell got Zach Charbonnet he's just going to go there and just do his job you know he's um he's He's not going to want anything flashy. You open the lanes, just go. And obviously, that might always not work in fantasy, but as long as you get in first downs and stuff, that they're happy with that. Yeah, but I'd probably say the Rams. But again, please leave me alone in the, in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> go, go on, Hannah. What's your dream? Yeah, it's only spot? just because when we were talking about him, I was like, oh, good in the screen game. You know, good burst. He's a good runner. You know, we're going to be losing our running back next season. So I was wondering whether he would have stolen. I was thinking about it, but I already see Mags has, has picked them for, for a different running back. But I think maybe in the Bengals, you know, he, he my only question mark is, uh, you know, we like to do a lot of kind of running around the edge and stuff, whether that's kind of his bag but the fact that we, we've lost we've lost our pass catching running back although i know joe mixon did used to do it in college but he's really really terrible at blocking joe, that's joe, why mixon, he stay. joe mixon did a lot of things in college by what i've been reading <laughs> that's why he doesn't stay for three downs but he you know it sounds like he could could help us out we need some good running backs and he'll probably be there at 32 right because he's a running back so <laughs> 32 yeah okay you've got chase brown now yeah chase brown oh yeah you know he he sounds just as good as raheem to be honest so weirdly i have a lot of shares of chase brown in this year's rookie drafts (laughs) but um but yeah so uh with that we'll move on to the next running back who have you got mate yeah just a bit similar to jordan travis um another guy that i think will He's come off a good year, you know, for, he transferred out from Oregon to Florida State. That's Trey Benson. Around about my ideal size for a back, you know, especially yeah. when I'm looking at fantasy, you know, 215 pounds. Six six foot one, he is like a first round six foot, but I'm fine with six foot one. But yeah, he's another guy who's um, climbing most rankings, you know, definitely fantasy. He's going to be a fantasy darling. I can see it straight away and um, explodes on the scene last year. Like I said, you know, the hype has started already. We've seen a few people making, um, you know, Twitter um, feeds and stuff about him. So, yeah, he's um, another big guy. He's um, a bit different to Raheem Sanders, where he's explosive and big, but he, he really can and get out to the you know to the to the hashes and stuff. And um, 
has people trailing, you know, when, when he's running. But yeah, he's um, just a small bit on him, you know, because I do think he's going to be a riser, you know, in the draft. Mags, do you want to take this one? Yeah, yeah, I think what you said, he's got really good size. Um, I thought very good speed. I was very impressed with the speed. Like, don't see a lot of people catching up to him whenever he gets gets some open space, which is good. I also really like, I quite liked his patience as well. I thought like he was dancing about, he waited for gaps, which is, you know, a really hard skill to develop. So that that's a good sign for for him for sure. Hands, okay, like fine. I, I would love to see someone like that who is so fast really develop that kind of, you know, pass catching ability. That would be really good to see him kind of come along a little bit more with that. The one thing I thought, and I kind of seen him a bit last year when I was looking at, you know, pl- prospects for fantasy for this year. One thing I thought was kind of similar to what I thought about Kendra Miller this year. I mean, he's, he's a bit faster than Kendra Miller, but I thought he kind of reminded me a little bit of him. But he stands up very tall, which I know a lot of NFL teams don't really like. So hopefully that's something that you'll see next year is, you know, him sort of having better kind of pad levels whenever he's, he's running with the ball. And yeah, I said he was going to, I thought Bengals would be a good spot. But, you know, Bengals, like, that's going to be an easy one because they obviously will have a need for that that next year, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um so, George, have you got a dream landing spot for Remo, or are we gonna are we gonna leave you be this time? Yeah. <laughs> just leave, just leave me be, please, Paul. Okay, I'll leave, I'll, I'll leave, I'll leave you be. But um, so let, let's move on to uh, wide receivers and see if we can get some of these in before we run out of time. Uh, who's your first wide receiver? Well, I feel like you should spend a lot of time on him, but you don't need to spend a lot of time on this guy because he's just that good. You know, just just go watch him. It's Marvin Harris Jr., Ohio State. You know. Yeah. The best uh, wide receiver out of Ohio State in the last four or five seasons, the uh, um, offensive um, coordinator said, and we all know who's come out of Ohio State and what they've done <laughs> in the league so far. You know, great size, excellent hands, route running, spawn. He's not like the fastest guy, but he still can stretch the field. And um, there's nothing really I can knock on him really and stuff. He's just he's just so fun, and he's he's going to be wherever he goes to. He's just going to be an absolute. Weapon for him, you know. In um, I really hope it's not the Cardinals. I know he's, Paul's been bugging me in the um, in the DMs as well about where Marvin Harrison's going to go. He wants it to. That's once that's a dream spot for you for Cardinals for Paul. But I really hope not. But yeah, he's he's just there's no words to describe how good he is, and he's got another year in college as well to to rack up their numbers. Hannah, do you want to take this one so I don't have all the best players? You know. Well, I mean. What do you say? He's he's clearly going to be the number one wide receiver in this draft class, I, I think, unless there's some sort of devastating injury, which I hope not. Touch wood. You know, I, I think I don't think there's anyone really that comes close to him, particularly as you know he's touted as better than you know all the guys we've seen come out already: Garrett Wilson, um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and Chris Olave. And we've seen already what Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson can do in the NFL. So. You know, I'm just really excited to see what he's going to do, to be honest. He's, he looks great. I think he's going to be great. Um, I reckon we're going to have, you know, wide receivers in the top 10 next year compared to top 20 this year. And obviously, Paul is hoping that the Cards, with their second pick, get a chance mm. to grab him. But we'll see. There's plenty of needs on that Cardinals team, Paul. So they might not want him. 
but by all means, I want to sit here and I want to say, oh, let's get Caleb Williams, let's get Marvin Harris Jr. And it and it'd be amazing, you know. And we all said this about the Texans this year, didn't they? Oh, they they're going to get CJ Stroud and then they need to take JSN. But uh, to be honest, if we if if we're going to get Caleb Williams, then protect him. Let's protect him first. Let's stop conceding points and let's start protecting our quarterback before we start going, oh, yeah, let's give him somebody amazing to throw to. Oh, we're not going to protect him. I know it's worked for the Bengals. You know, the mm-hmm. Bengals got Joe Burrow. And, you don't need and, no and, line. Well, you know. <laughs> it's the Super Bowl. You can't win it without uh, one. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but I think the history would tell you that the amount of times that's worked for teams would be a lot less than you know, when it hasn't worked. So uh, don't get me wrong. I'd love Marvin Harris Jr. to come to the Cardinals and it would be a great landing spot. But I think if I was to be realistic, I, I think we've got, like you said, Hannah, there's other gaps to fill first. So, so yeah. No, I'm going to the Cardinals. Do you know what I think I'd quite like him on? Um, and that is if... Kansas Duncan... City Chiefs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, but I do want to have lines, you know, if Jameson Williams doesn't work yeah. out, you know, I think he yeah. would be awesome. I'll, I'll give you a dreamlanding spot here. Just oh. any, just, uh, just oh, I don't want to play this game, <laughs> but we're all talking about it, so I'll play this game. <laughs> just, just anyone. Is that good? Yeah. It can get on any team. Like, obviously, everyone will be after him, you know, but there'll be teams that without any wide receivers, obviously, you mentioned um, some there, but Giants. We've got so many slot receivers, they need someone on the outside, really. So, we're doing but yeah, he could he can play anywhere, he's, he's going to be a star no matter what. Who would you who would you compare him to? Let's ask you that instead. Who would you who would you say his comparison is to? You know, when I first came on in, Paul, I said I don't like comparisons. You weren't, <laughs> <did> you? <laughs> John, I, I told you before you came on, mate, we weren't going to make this easy. Any, any, anything where you get slated for it, it's always a bad thing. You should never get involved <laughs> in it. It, embrace it, embrace okay. it. Okay, okay, I'll embrace it. I just don't think you can compare him to anyone to be honest with you, Paul. I think he's just oh, <laughs> his own. Oh. <laughs> right with that cop out answer. Let's move on to the next wide receiver. Who else do you want to talk about, mate? Um, it's Xavier Worthy from Texas. Uh, before I get into uh, what he can do, we, we've got to start with his size because it's just going to come up straight away. He's uh, <laughs> as, as it is now, he's, he's six foot one, fine. But he's 165 pounds, you know, it's very, very light. Um, obviously, we've seen a few guys in the past have gone that's slightly over to Devontae Smith recently, you know, who's, who's done okay so far. Take that away from him. He's, he's, he's one of one of the best wide receivers, you know, like I know Marvin Harrison is a league of his own, but Xavier Worthy is still really good. It's one of the, his route running is exceptional. He can burn the top off, you know. DBs, you know, his, his manipulation for DBs is is very, like, up there with um, Justin Jefferson and stuff, you know, what he can do, you know, to, to create separation is really good. Also, just get the ball in his hand creates so much from, from nothing, you know, big splash plays. Did suffer from a few drops last season, but I can kind of, like... It's going into his last year before draft. If, if he's dropping still then, then, I'm going to be a bit more concerned. But if he can get that right this year, that's something that, um, that that's going to benefit him. But yeah, his only knock's going to be his weight. But um, everything else, he's, he's just such a good wide receiver. And uh, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he can put something on. And if he loses anything from that, it's uh, 
I'm not sure. Like, like I say, Devontae Smith has, has shown that he's capable of going into the NFL light. Obviously, I think he was a little bit, uh, big. I think he's a little bit big. I can't remember what he was going into the NFL now. Was he 171? I can't remember what he was, but I think he's a little bit bigger. But yeah, the size is mm. obviously going to be question marks are going to follow him with that. I, I, do you know what, mate? I, I think we're seeing it quite a lot now. You know, I think we're seeing a lot of smaller players coming through. We, you know, we're seeing it more and more with with QBs now. There was question marks behind the QBs and the size and stuff like that. We've just seen Bryce Young go number one pick overall. Um, I, I believe there's a couple of quite smaller wide receivers in this year's draft class as well. Um, and and every, everyone just sits here and goes, Devontae Smith has done it. Now, I think Devontae Smith has done it on a really good team. So what, I, what I'm going to ask you is, would you worry that if he went to, a, I don't know, quite a, quite a bad, maybe a bad QB, maybe you sort of like, I don't know, you're you Desmond Ridder kind of, if he went to the Falcons alongside like Desmond Ridder, would you, would you worry then that his size would, would affect him a little bit more or would you, would you still have confidence in his size? Be careful what you say, Paul. There's still some Desmond Ritter believers out there. You know what I mean, <laughs> be careful your words. But yeah, this is this is the thing. You know, like when I say he's a good wide receiver, he is really good. But I don't think he's a um, a guy that's going to take you be that number one guy. Should I say? You know, a team. You know, I look at Jordan Anderson. Jordan Anderson's a, a really good wide receiver, but to me, he's a wide receiver to to complement someone, you know, and that's not a bad thing, you know. It, it's it's great if you've got that and stuff, and that's what I see with Xavier Worthy. You know, he's, he needs he'll need someone that can that's play alongside him. That like he doesn't have to do all the work because I think that's where he might struggle. But yeah, he's um, so yeah, basically you don't want to go with someone like um, like the Giants. Basically, what we said earlier, the Giants because they've got they'll be expecting him to do everything. Yeah. Um, so I was I was gonna um, and I'm gonna put Mags on the spot a little bit here now and I was gonna go on through another there was another wide receiver you wanted to talk about but I've just noticed the time and we're flying through time um, so I wanted to throw in um, one of these tight ends who's um, tipped to be one of the one of the best tight ends coming out in a long time isn't he so um, do you want to talk about him George and Mags I'll uh, I'll let you talk about him as well. Which what is it, Jatavion Sanders from Texas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk about him then. Uh, Sanders from Texas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's um. I'm obviously Brock Bowers from Georgia. You know, he's um. He's going to be one of them. Again, I'm not comparing him to Cal Pitts, but he's like where he can just do a lot of things. You know, he can play him out of the slot on the outside, swing passes, end arounds. He, he's got the speed. You know, for uh, which is normally what we don't associate with the tight end, but we've probably seen it a little bit more now. He's just, uh, I don't like using the term, but he is a very unicorn player where he can, he can do a lot of things. You know, I wouldn't expect him to to be used as a blocker much. He's just basically going to be a receiver. It's, maybe it's something he'll work on. You know, he, he has done it a little bit in college, but it's not it's not his game. His game is to is to make plays and he can do it in most most ways possible. He's, he's an exciting player, especially um, for, for fantasy players. Yeah, so Max, so, sorry to put you on the spot. I know you've not really done any any uh, any looking into uh, Brock Bowers, but I didn't think this would take us this long to get through so many players. You know, I think we've got another six or seven players to go through here, haven't we? So, so Max, what 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 do you think of Brock Bowers? Yeah, Brock, well, Brock, obviously someone that you see you see a lot of anyway. Just again, looking at four players for for this year's draft, you're kind of like, 
who's he? And like you're Googling Brock Bowers, like, oh damn, like he's not coming out this year. Like he can't really get get involved with them until until 2024. But yeah, he is yeah, like you said, Jordan, it is annoying when people talk about this this kind of unicorn type player. I actually think Brock Bowers is like much better. Like as a, I know Darnell Washington did a lot of blocking and things like that, but I think Bowers can get involved with the blocking game maybe a little bit better than Kyle Pitts can as well, just with like his his physicality. But yeah, he's going to go in the first round of the NFL draft next year, like for sure. He seems really lethal in the red zone as well, which is obviously huge for for any kind of tight end. And yes, yeah, someone that can come in and you know what everybody is hoping for with the tight end is: can you be that that number two receiving option in a team or in rare cases even that number one receiving option on the team and i think brock bowers has definitely got the the ceiling for that for sure yeah yeah so hannah um, um anything you'd like to add on brock bowers or i just think at the tight end position is a really interesting conversation at the moment because i think potentially it's it's kind of changing you know obviously you know, historically, you wanted these dual threat where they can block and then obviously then peel out and catch, you know. And, and nowadays, more and more, they're looking for these receiving tight ends. Um, and, you know, we've seen so many of them do really well. But like George Kittle, I think is the unicorn in the NFL in which he can do both things really, really well. And I think more and more we're getting such separation between the two. Like you're either a really good receiver, you know, and you're going to be a weapon on the team or you're going to block. Uh, and there's there's fewer and fewer of these that, that do this combination. And I think it's interesting that I think more and more NFL teams are trying to find these receiving weapons um, and have them as like mismatches in the game rather than, you know, I think there's fewer kind of want for this dual obviously if you can find the unicorn fabulous but mm-hmm. they're so rare that i think now people are just looking at right let's just see what skill sets they've got and you know and we'll work with that um and i i think tight ends are becoming cheap receivers a lot more nowadays you know than historically and i just think it's interesting how the tight position is, is shifting I, I think now yeah. we in the nfl you know they're becoming more and more of these receiving options you know those that do it amazingly are few and far between but people are hunting for them you know there, there's a litter from this tight end free agency class of tight ends that people wanted to become receiving weapons or whatever on their teams and for some reason they didn't work out or they've moved on to other things um you know they're trying to find that way they're trying to find kelsey aren't they or a kittle or whatever and it's very difficult to do but people Mm -hmm. feel like are reaching more and more to try and get these receiving weapons which i think is it's changed from years past you know yeah that was something i was gonna i was gonna say and and I'm glad you said it was, I was going to say, I feel like a lot of teams now are searching for that unicorn, aren't they? And we're seeing it more and more now that, you know, every year there seems to be this, you know, since Kyle Pitts, you know, it's like, oh, Kyle Pitts is coming out. He's a generational talent. Now, don't get me wrong. He he is an absolute insane player. And I don't think he's being utilised in the right way over at Atlanta. And I think they, they could, they've got something scary there that they're not, they're not unleashing that beast, you know? Um, but I do feel like every every year there's this guy we talk about and everyone wants him to be that Travis Kelsey, like you said, Hannah. Everyone wants, you know, I'm not saying Brock Bowers is Travis Kelsey or he's going to be Travis Kelsey or he isn't going to be, you know, he could be the next Travis Kelsey. But I do feel like what you're saying, that the tight end position, they, they, 
it is changing and I think everyone is searching for that and I'm quite I'm quite excited to see what what Brock Bowers does so George who, who's your landing spot for Brock Bowers <laughs> Kansas, Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> um, the Seahawks could be um, in for a tight end um, soon but yeah. I think we I think we could um, rather have someone who could block as well at the same time. <laughs> but um, I think Hannah's right. You know, the other guy that we're probably not going to have much, really not enough time to talk about, Stavion Sanders, joking like we joked about him retaining for, but he's another guy who's mainly a receiving threat, and he's not not as dynamic as Brock Bowers, but he has got that um, ability. And he's again not someone who's known for blocking as much, but you can be a nuisance as a blocker when you're that big as well. At the same time, you don't have to be as, as talented. Uh, uh, so I really like what the Steelers did in this draft. So uh, Darnell Washington was a really good blocker and they've gone and picked him. So, you know, he'll be, he could be a blocking tight end where Pat Framworth can be the receiving tight end. So I, I like what they've done there. And maybe that's something that if that works, that people will maybe look at start doing and trying to pick up a, a blocking tight end and a receiving tight end mm. instead of picking up the ones that do both. The only thing, obviously... The problem there is when you when you have one on the field, you know, oh, you know, he's going to be running the routes, and when you have one, the other on the yeah. field, and he's going to be doing the blocking, and it just makes it a bit more predictable. Obviously, that's why these unicorns obviously are so amazing. So, you know, I guess you have to be trying to be creative with it for it to work. It'll be interesting to see, but you know, sometimes it's not still not that easy to have the two separate roles, you know, because it just makes it a bit more potentially more obvious about what you want to try and do, you know. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I was just uh, so we have run out of time, and I was just having a look at how many more players we had, and we had eight eight <laughs> more names to talk about. So, so guys, we we totally nailed this with our with our timings and and whatnot. But, um, George, is there anything you want to plug before you go, mate? Can I just say that I didn't even get a chance to talk about Roma Dunze from Washington. I, I, I left Michael Penix out and I went for the home and picked Roma Dunze. <laughs> I didn't even get to have a talk about him. But it's just a name to just a name to remember, Roma Dunze from Washington. Just just for my, just for me to make me happy. Um, uh, obviously, I'm um, obviously part of the Five Yard College crew, so I'm writing for the Pac-12. There. There's going to be some stuff coming out there, so make sure you follow Five Yard College and just Five Yard Rush in general. You know. Obviously, Hannah's uh, linked with them as well. So, yeah, give all us a follow. And obviously, yeah, the, the Devi uh, workshop is going to come out next week. We've got loads of videos planned there on, on YouTube, but it will be a podcast as well. So keep an eye out on that and hopefully we can get more people playing Devi and watching college football. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because I do actually play in a Devi league and I do enjoy it, to be fair. And I, I'd, I'd like to, it is something I'd like to look at more at. I do like that drafting the college guys and and hoping and and like you said, you've seen it with Spencer Rattler, where you you take somebody that you think is going to be amazing and it burns you. And I love I love that risk factor to it. So um, I will be uh, looking forward to jumping in, uh, jumping in, listening to um, your your new podcast coming out, mate. And uh, with that, that brings us to the end of the show. Thanks, guys, for tuning in once again. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Wildcard Rewind. Head over to our YouTube channel, search the Fancy Wildcard Podcast Network, and make sure you give us a subscribe and all of that. And don't forget to check out the Wildcard Dynasty guys on Saturday when they do their 16-hour streamathon. See you next week, guys. (laughs) We'll be right back.